Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online, brought to you by Gulliver's Sports Travel. My name's Matt Southcombe, but in today's episode you won't be hearing too much from me. That's because we're going to bring you all the action from our live rugby debate that took place at the Mocker Lounge last week. That's right, we had another one of our brilliant debates where we were joined this time by Lions and Wales legends, Adam Jones and Graham Price. Also on the panel was Simon Thomas, who's now in New Zealand for us to cover the tour, and rugby writer Andy Howell, who's covered a fair few himself. Again, it was a fantastic night, similar to the ones we've had in the past where the crowd all asked questions. We had questions from social media as well. Don't worry if you couldn't get down to Mocker Lounge, because as, as I said, we're going to be bringing you all the action and everything that went on last Thursday night in this episode. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Well, uh, good evening, uh Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, thanks ever so much for coming for this special uh, Wales Online uh, pre-Lions tour, pre-Wales tour uh, question and answer session. Uh, we were hoping for or expecting uh, greater numbers tonight, but clearly um, even the likes of two uh, prop Lions legends can't compete with a, a hot sunny night in May, which is uh, an extreme, extremely rare event in, in Cardiff. Uh, never mind, we're, we're, we're going to get cracking. Um, it's, uh, it's an informal night, um, you set the agenda, you ask the questions, so please, um, you know, it's a nice intimate room, nice intimate setting, don't be shy, um, ask these guys anything you like about uh, the Lions Tour, the Wales Tour, even something else to do with rugby, um, like I say, uh, you guys set the agenda. So uh, I'm going to exercise Chairman's privilege and, and get the first question in, um, and it's uh, a fairly simple one. Uh, what guys do you think will be the score in the test series between the Lions and New Zealand and, and why? And why do you think that? And um, I'll start with you, Graham. Uh, well, the most important game to, to, to win is the first test. And uh, if we can win that, I think it will change the whole complexion of the series. But uh, uh, I'm a big fan of the All Blacks. Uh, uh, at the moment, I, I think they're virtually unbeatable. Uh, they, they, they're, they're really building up for the Lions tour, and, and uh, if we don't win that fir- first test, then I think it could be a, a, a bit of a, a whitewash or a blackwash or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think they are that good. They'll just go on from strength to strength. But if we can beat them in the first test, they will ask questions of them that they probably weren't expecting. And uh, that, that they, it could mean uh, a great deal to their team selection uh, in uh, the, the following uh, games. So, uh, you know, it's all crucial on that first test. What do you think, Ed? Uh, yeah, um, it's obviously, they've been clever, haven't they? They've got the uh, test to start in Auckland and the third one in Auckland, and you know they don't, they don't lose there. Also, you could play in all the super rugby teams, which well, the previous tours, well, every tour really hasn't played these teams. We've, in 2013, we played some, you know, I think it was a select New South Wales team who was like loads of farmers and stuff, and so it was, they got, the lines got a bit of a it's going to be a battering, not saying losing, but the players are going to take a battering before the even test series even gets there. So um, I think you're looking, there's a chance you're going to play sort of the nine of the best rugby teams in the world, international, any level, before you even uh, sort of, well, including the All Blacks, so it's going to be tough. Andy, um, I think I actually um, neglected to do the, um, the uh, formal introductions, actually. Of course, um, these two guys need no introduction, obviously Graham Price and Adam Jones, and, uh, but these guys on the end might. Um, we've got the, uh, the legendary Andy Howell and uh, Simon Thomas to his right. Um, Simon is actually uh, going on the tour um, to New Zealand. Uh, Andy, of course, has uh, 
covered the last tour in New Zealand in 2005 and was out in New Zealand with Wales last summer. So uh, two guys more than qualified. And I'll come back to my question, and uh, what do you think is going to happen in the Test Series? Well, I think it's going it's to be a lot closer than it was in uh, 2005 because that tour came at the wrong time for that particular group of Lions players. A lot of England players retired after winning the uh, World Cup or were coming to the end of their careers. So I think they were always on a hiding and I think... Uh, and like our two legends alongside me, I'm going to be a bit more positive. I think the Lions got a really good chance in New Zealand because I think it's a really good Lions squad. It's the most depth I've seen since, I guess, the 1970s in a Lions uh, uh, party. And uh, I think in some positions, actually, the Lions have got more depth than the All Blacks. I think the All Blacks be worried if they get a few injuries at uh, lock. They've already got problems with their back row with guys uh, out. Uh, Yes, what the lads are saying is right, as we saw with the Chiefs last summer against Wales, when they hammered Wales, that uh, every match is going to be tough on this tour. But I think if the uh, Lions don't get too many uh, injuries and they don't suffer too much psychological damage, if they lose some of those games against super rugby teams, that they can actually give the New Zealand a really good game over there. And I do fancy them to win the series 2-1. Sime, are you going to uh, be part of history then? It's interesting, I think what Graham said there about the first test is spot on. If you, if you think back to Wales' tour, which Andy covered last year, that first test, um, for 60 minutes, it looked like Wales were going to get the first win against New Zealand since 53. The All Blacks hadn't played for six or seven months. Um, they were making mistakes, which you just don't associate with them. And the game was there to be won for Wales in the end just couldn't quite get over the line in the last 20 minutes. So there's certainly a feeling that you know, the first test is the chance. Slightly different this time because actually New Zealand do have a game. They're playing against Samoa the week before, which gives them a run out. And the other thing is the absolutely brutal schedule the Lions have been handed. I mean, they're still not together. This, you know, the first week they had about 10 out of 41 players there. They still got players away in finals. Um, they don't arrive in New Zealand until the Wednesday for the first game, so it's a heck of a job gelling them together. Um, but I still do think of that first test is the best opportunity. Um, I don't really see a series win. I'd love it to be the case, but I think more likely it's probably to be 2-1 to the All Blacks. Okay, let's throw it open then. Uh, John, have we got a question from the floor? Uh, off you go. Uh, tell the panel your name and uh, your question. Cheers. Hi, guys. Carl, my name. Um, who was the, to Adam, who was the surprise omission out of the whole squad for you? And who do you think could be a real wild card in a, the starting 15 in the tests? Uh, probably, for me, it would be um, Launchbury. I just thought the way he's played, you know, he's, every time I see him play, you know, he's man of the match. And, you know, what he, what he is different to a Toji and Cruz and Henderson, he's a, he's a bigger man. He's more like sort of Halloween's dap, which I think you can probably need another one of those in there. Rather than you know the the other guys, you know, good workhorses were you know are big fellas, but they're not quite that um, that sort of size. But probably him, um, you know, I think a lot's been talked about Hartley and stuff, but I I don't really go with that really. I think it's bad hookers out there. I think it's still bad hookers out there if uh, someone does get injured. And what was the what was the second bit? Uh, who's going to be the wild card start? Uh, wild card starting? I don't know. It's it all the, as you know as we've spoken already. It's, it's all about injuries, isn't it? So, uh, it's I think. Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to see Tipperick involved somewhere. I don't know if he will be now, but um, I'd like to see him in there somewhere. Whether with, especially with Billy going out injured now, maybe there's a chance to get uh, Warburton in the six, and you know, Stander goes to eight or whatever. But um, I think someone like Tips, I guess, w wouldn't expect to start. But you know, he's the kind of player you want on those tracks out in New Zealand because he's very much a New Zealand type of open side. 
Any thoughts on that, Graham? A, a wild card for the test, test matches and, and someone who was left out that you felt should have been in? Um, well, I don't know. There's so many players in the squad. I think uh, I don't think there's hardly any of them left out. But um, regarding the, the, the wild card, um, that's a difficult one, really. Uh, it depends how the players can adapt. It's, it's a totally different experience to going on tour with your national team. You've got to mix with uh, uh, players from the other uh, nations, and normally that, that's, uh, that's easy enough anyway, you know, because rugby people being what they are, you know, they have their team bonding. Like in our day, uh, yeah, we, we did our team bonding on the pub on a Saturday night, you know, and, uh, and that seemed to work for us in our day. But, um, you know, wild cards, I mean, you look at the last Lions tour, uh, one guy who actually made the test side uh, didn't even start the tour, Colby Sierra. He came in as a re uh, an injured um, injury replacement, went straight into the into the team. Um, on the 2005 tour, uh, Ryan Jones uh, went out as a replacement. He went into straight into the test team. Back in my own day, uh, on that, my first Lions tour in '77, uh, we had an injured second row, Nigel Horton. He, he was in, bleeded out uh, very early on, and. Uh, Bill Beaumont was um, invited out as a, an injury replacement, and he went straight into the, the second test team. Uh, you know, so we've got all these other things which you can't really uh, cater for, really, and uh, you know, it, it makes these Lions tours even more um, interesting. Um, I'm not sure whether um, the injury problem will be that bad. Um, or rather, I think Gatlin has really thought it out. He's got, uh, he knows how many uh, injuries that uh, are likely to happen in the, in the, the tour. Uh, I think between six and ten or something like that. And he's got players lined up. He's, got, he's, he's allowed for that in his squad anyway. And uh, that's why he's such a big squad. But um, I think, uh, you know, regarding the wild card, I think we, we've got a long way to go. It depends how the players adapt and, and, and who knows. Uh, Andy, any thoughts on that? Was there, were there any Welsh players you, you thought weren't picked who should have been? No, not really. I think the, what the players missing is when Adam said. Actually, Joel uh, Launchbury was amazed he wasn't in the uh, squad after the Six Nations. He had picking up a stack of Man of the Match awards, and he's so good over the ball, gets around the field so much. So he, he, he's the one for me miss out. I think uh, a possible wild card for the test team could be Jared Payne, who's actually a New Zealander. He's a really good player uh, for Ireland. He could end it, you know, he can play fullback. He's played fullback for Ireland recently, or he can play uh, centre. Uh, and he's a guy who does, really does the basics well. Uh, and I think you need players like that in New Zealand who can, you know, do those simple things uh, adequately because one thing the Lions can't afford is to cough up possession against the All Blacks. Okay, John, can we take another question? Uh, social media, Dell. I think. Uh, it's from John Carmichael from Swansea to, to Adam and Graham. Uh, on the Lions tours you've been on, uh, which player from an opposing nation who you maybe didn't like or had an opinion of before you went on the Lions tour really surprised you in terms of how they were as a bloke? <laughs> Not easy to, to think of an answer off the, the top of your head, I would imagine, there, Graham. Well, I, I touched on it in the, the last answer, really, because, um, you know, rugby players being what they are, they tend to get on with each other. And uh, back in our day, you know, you could sort all your problems out over a pint. And, uh, I mean, 
I can't think of anybody going on the tour who had a, a reputation beforehand for, for not being a great uh, socialiser, you know. Um, they, they were all good boys, you know. Um, no, I can't think of anybody, you know. Um, I think in 09, I think um, straight away Andrew Sheridan was one. Just you kind of play against him and um, you know, loose head props, or any, you know, it's, it's not like you wouldn't, you wouldn't punch each other or gouge each other like McGrain was playing. But uh, <laughs> but like it was a uh, you know it was a bit awkward. But I ended up sharing a room with him, and turns out he's the nicest fellow in the world. Plays a guitar, you know, um, his wife's from Bilth, so it was obviously a connection straight away. But I think to go back to the bonding thing, I think um, in '09 we. We had a dinner on the, on the Tuesday. I don't know if somebody of these guys might have been there, but in the, the history museum with a big dinosaur thing, and it was, you know, it went on a bit long, and it was all a bit, uh, a bit rubbish. But then we go back to the hotel. Evans a bit sapped because we had to drive down to Portsmouth the next day to do a team building event on the America's Cup yacht, and they spent, I think it was like seventy thousand pound on it. But to be fair, to Paul O'Connor and McGeehan, as soon as we go back to the hotel, they kind of judged the mood. As soon as we go back to the hotel, everyone was sent a text, sent a phone call. Like everyone in the bar by half past ten, and you know tomorrow's off. We're locking the doors, and I think we stayed in there till about uh, half past four in the morning. And it was uh, it was one of those it was a perfect uh, bonding experience. Graham said, but, you know, sometimes beer does uh, it brings the best out and the worst, obviously. But uh, <laughs> but it, you know it does bring you all together. So it's uh, it's a lot to be said for drinking. Great great story there. <laughs> I can remember an occasion uh, on the seventy seven tour. It was uh, um, the year of uh, the Queen's uh, Silver Jubilee. And um, they wanted us to make an LP of rugby songs, the sort of songs that we sang in our, um, in our team meetings uh, after matches and, and, and that sort of thing. And uh, they told the organisers, all you've got to do is, um, is give the Lions a few pints of beer and they'll sing all day. Well, normally when we have a bit of a piss-up, it was only a few hours long anyway. But uh, they had this recording session which literally lasted all day. And we started drinking about 8 o'clock in the morning, and we were still drinking about 5 o'clock, and they never got as many of songs as they wanted. So they had to bodge it up at the end. Terry Wogan on his uh, radio programme said it was the worst LP he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> well, how, how do you beat that? John, have we got any more from uh, social media yeah, or well, indeed from the, from the floor? Yeah, yeah, we'll go to the floor. Yeah, man just finishing his point. He's promised me he's going to ask a question, so here we go. Um, I, I got a question on the Wales tour, but let's stay with the Lions for a second. So, Wales are going to be over that neck of the woods anyway. Thinking back to the last Lions tour where they called Shane in, do you think they'll make the most of geography and, and, and bring some players in to bridge some injuries from the Wales team? What, what do you think, Ad? Uh, I think it um, depends who it is, isn't it? Obviously, it's... Uh as Andy said, how many how many of the Welsh guys would actually get in the lanes at the moment? I think you've got like Scott Williams, obviously Jamie Roberts, these type of fellas. Um, you know, a couple of maybe the props, but um, I don't know how far is Argentina from New Zealand? No, they're in um, twelve hours. Yeah, so that's not you know in these, this day and age isn't the worst uh, travel. So that's what England are as well. So it's uh, you know I think it might be a toss of the coin whoever gets um, more say really. But I think um, yeah, I think it's obviously going to happen. And obviously the Welsh boys being there, it's all the better for them, isn't it? What do you think, uh, Simon? Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the fact that this um, Tonga game hasn't been taking place out there and it's going to be in Auckland, you know, right on the doorstep of the Lions, inevitably 
if there is an injury out there, they're kind of first cabs off the rank, aren't they? And you think of some of the players in that tour, like, you know, like Rob Evans, people like this who have really good um, Six Nations. Nobody wishes an injury on anybody, but if there is one out there, they are right on the doorstep. Um, Gatlin knows them, Rob Howley knows them. So you'd have to think that uh, there couldn't be much better places for a potential Lion to be than on a tour, fully match fit, just as the Lions tour is going on in the same country. It's got to be certain positions, though, isn't it? Yes. You can't just pick any Welsh guy off the, you know, it's got to be someone who's in with shout, isn't it? You know, you're not going to pick, I don't know, a young kid who's one of the young sevens over, I don't know, Chris Robshaw or something like that. So, you know, so. Can I just ask you, Ad, is, you play for the same team as Harlequins. Um, what do you think of Jamie Roberts not being selected and, and, and how disappointed was he? It was, it was a bit awkward, really. Yeah, it was. Because yeah. yeah. it was all... Wasn't he open, all that stuff about him getting picked? Oh, I was not using it. Oh, right. Simon, yeah, Simon so Simon. One, one of these guys, definitely what these guys were saying about him obviously getting picked. And, and I think, you know, obviously your head's going to get turned a wee bit. And he, he was devastated. I think um, he's got a nice, like, uh, what would you call it? Nice backup now, being the Welsh captain. And I know he's chuffed a bit to get that as well. So, yeah, um, yeah but it was tough. It was tough for him. It was hard. It's hard to see him as well. Did you, do you think he should have been picked? So, fuck out, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> um <laughs> no, I mean, look, he's last last sort of four or five weeks with us. He's been very good for us. So, um, you know, I think he was he was the first guy to say he didn't think he would have been picked because he didn't play during the Six Nations. So, I'll just go with his words. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, John, uh, have we um, have we got? Uh, we'll do an off social media while I uh, shuffle across sure. uh, to the other side of the room. Uh, to Graham, uh, first of all, um, if you were Warren Gatland, who would be in your forward pack for the first test? Uh, well, I pick a lot of big ball carriers to start off with. I think, uh, you know, whoever we pick uh, are going to be good ball winners. And uh, I think, uh, I mean, he's got the, the pack loaded with these guys. But, um, you know, the Irish uh, front row boys, uh, they're good ball carriers. We've got Ken Owens, who's a good ball carrier. We're the fantastic Six Nations. Um, I like uh, the new Irish tight head. Uh, furlough. Uh, I think he'll be in the in the test team. Um, I think it'll be a toss-up between uh, Rory Best and, and Ken Owens, and it's going to depend on very much on the the early matches, you know. Um, the loose head prop. Uh, I I am quite a fan of um, Vunny Pola, not not just because he's from Pontypool, but. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I like him. You know, his scrummaging has come on no end. You know, he, he's no longer such a considerably just an impact player like uh, he's been so good at in the past but he can actually start the game now and, and I'd like to see him start the, the, the game the second row um, I'm, I'm a big fan of um, uh, Alawyn Jones you know he's got the right attitude I think uh, yeah, I think he may be up against it uh, on this tour I, I like uh, I told you as well he's a very athletic player uh, perhaps he would be able to uh, suit uh, what Gatman wants, uh, along with um, Cruz or, or Laws, you know. I, either of those, uh, I think, would be a good choice. Uh, and then in the back row, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that um, Vunny Poler has been uh, uh, invalided out of the tour, not, not just because he's a Pontypool player, but um, I was looking forward to seeing the battle between him 
and uh, his cousin Falato for the number eight spot. Uh, I think it, it will be Falato's now. Um, although I'm sure um, when the the Irish boys stand to me, uh, uh, give it, put a bit of pressure on him. Uh, obviously, you'll have um, uh, Warburton, but uh, it's who who he plays on the other flank with Warburton? Is he going to uh, do something like Wales did on the last uh, Six Nations in playing uh, Warburton on the blind side and and, and Tipperich, or are they going to pick? Uh, uh, somebody like uh, O'Brien on the on the blind side, but uh, whoever they, they'll all be good ball winners and ball carriers, and and that is what uh, what we'll need to to beat uh, the All Blacks. I think keep keep putting the pressure on the All Blacks and, and driving them backwards. Okay, uh, is there another one from the floor? John, shuffle across here to this young man uh, by you. Um, a lot of prospective Lions 15 selected, like in the media, have both. Johnny Sexton and Owen Farrell playing together at 10 and 12. Do you think that is the best way forward, or would you go for one of those two at 10 and a more traditional centre at 12? Would you uh, start us off with that one then, uh, Ad? I think they'll probably go a bigger 12. I think someone like Henshaw or Tio maybe, but just because they saw the way Gats does play the game. Um, what do you call it? Warren Ball, isn't it you call it? <laughs> um, yeah, so, but um, no, I think one of those two. Probably, but I think I think with England, the good thing about that is you've got Ford and Farrell who've known each other for, since they've come through the system together. Very, they got that sort of second nature understanding. Uh, you know, obviously, Faz and Sexton haven't got that, so it'll take. Oh, oh, Daniel hasn't got that with him either, so it's going to take a wee bit of time to get used to that. So I think they probably what Gats is good at is getting the team together in six to eight weeks making them competitive, getting everyone knowing the job as well. And I think someone like Henshaw T or probably, or even John and Davis, who did play 12 in the last tour as well. So it's uh, even, you know, that's uh, someone who can get us over the game line because, you know, you can't be too flash against them at times. Simon. Yeah, it's interesting. The press conferences I've been to, Gatlin seemed to be suggesting that um, he was seeing Farrell as more of a 10 going on the tour. And then it probably would come down to a choice of who is the best 10, who is the best 12. Um, so that's a huge battle, you know, with, with Bigger, with Farrell, you know, with Sexton, three real quality tens. Um, I think what Adam says about the size element of 12 is spot on. And we were talking about wild cards, and I, and I think Ben Teo is someone who could really fit into that category. You know, made a big impact off the bench when he has played for England um, this season. He's a very strong ball carrier, you know, knows the Southern Hemisphere, the Antipodean rugby as well. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him come through and... Although I do think Henshaw is a really, really talented player. He's had an excellent season. So there is a lot of um, competition. The, the key thing, of course, is keeping everybody fit and in contention. What are your thoughts on that, Andy? Yeah, I think Henshaw will probably be the favourite to do the Jamie Roberts uh, role. I think he's played well against the uh, All Blacks for Ireland. Uh, his try was uh, at the end which uh, in Chicago, which really uh, made sure they won that uh, match. And he was giving them problems in Dublin. And I think the All Blacks... Uh, not only did they respect him, but in that second test in, in Dublin, it was uh, they put Enshaw off, they put uh, CJ Stander off, and they put Sexton off in the first half. So I think they probably targeted uh, uh, those three uh, three uh, blokes because they saw him as uh, huge threats. And I think it could be the same Southern Hemisphere. Henshaw is a big lad, but not only that, he's got pace as well, and he's got a bit of football and skill uh, about him. I think, yeah, he's... Uh, um, yeah, he'd be the one I think they'd probably go for. 
because uh, as Adam said, Warren Ball, Gatlin Place do a set well, way. You said Warren Ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said that's what you yeah. said. Ben, ben, ben Teal, he could do what Rob Henderson did in with the Lions in 201. Henderson went on a tour, nobody was expecting me to play in the test. Yeah, Greenwood and that in a party, and Henderson come flying through. through. So there's always scope for someone, and Teal's another bloke who does the basics really well. Any thoughts on that uh, before we go to the next question, Graham? Yeah, um, I don't think Farrell really fits into uh, Gatlin's pattern. Uh, I was surprised. Um, I, I would see him more as a, a number 10 rather than inside centre in, in Gatlin's style of play. Uh, but um, he, he seems to play better with uh, George Ford, and, and they didn't pick the two of them as a partnership. So uh, I don't, don't see any point in... Uh, in, in well, I would have picked him, but... Uh, more, more perhaps uh, as a, a number 10, you know. Okay, John, can we uh, take another one? Yeah, we'll go, uh, go to social media before we go back to the, uh, the public here in the pub. Uh, to Adam initially, uh, you know Warren Gatland very well, says Scott Evans from Tree Herbert. What would you say is his biggest strength and his biggest weakness as a coach? Good question. Strength, as I said, especially Lions-wise, I think it's... Um, you know, getting the boys all playing together. He's he's pretty good man manager with uh, you know playing not mind games, but like you know sort of uh, knows what the boys how the boys uh, how they tick and stuff. And but then you know most top coaches I you know speak to the English boys about Eddie Jones. He's very similar. So um, but no, I think I think you need someone who can get you know eight weeks, forty odd people by the scruff of the neck. This is how we're going to do it. You know, and then you know implement it. And you know it's pretty it's going to be pretty basic and out, out. But then you've got the talent then to play outside the sort of. Uh, Warren Ball, as he calls it. So, um, what's his weakness? Um, I'm looking forward to this. Not picking you, I expect. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm over that now. I'm way, I'm way over that. That's four, that's four years ago now. Um, three, no, look, it's, um, he's a bit quiet sometimes. I think, uh, you know, as much as he does, uh, you know, get the boys going, he's, uh, I think, something that you could uh, you know, get a bit more out of him. But uh, I think that's, you know, that's his sort of uh, demeanour and... Uh, but no, look, he, he's won well, how many Grand Slams, how many championships with Wasps, how many uh, Lions tours, and you know, so he's obviously a good coach, isn't he? So um, you know, we can't really say he's got that many weaknesses, but you know, well, I can't say that anyway because I'm, yeah, start crying and uh, getting all emotional over it. But no, it's um, yeah, no, look, he's he's very good. He's very good at what he does, and uh, he knows he's got his uh, right hand man Howley with him. So you know, he's that, you know, he's a pretty sure that's where they're going to play. Would you have been your uh, choice as Lions coach then? Gats. Yeah. Oh, do you think Gats, it was time think, for a change? No, I think, yeah, I, I would have. I would have actually, I would have picked him as a head coach, yeah. I don't know about some of the others, but yeah. Okay, okay John, shall we, uh, shall we move on from yeah, that we'll, one? We'll come on to the others later, maybe. Yeah, we'll go to the front row. Cheers, mate. Um, question uh, following, obviously, Billy Rupolo is out now, and uh, Haskell's been called up. I was quite surprised at that, to be honest with you, and I thought it was probably, as he's not an out-and-out out eight, and he's a six or a seven, who is he, we don't know. I think it's probably... Better plays out that could have gone. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind with you. Or Rob Shaw from you yeah, know, I'm, yeah. I, I haven't spoken to Chris, but I think um, he'd be disappointed. Yeah, because I think I think they're obviously looking at the, the standards going to play eight now. So they got the two eights out there, and they're going to get a lot of rugby. I don't, I, you know, I don't personally don't. I think someone like Heaslip would have been upset. I'm not saying personally I think that, but I think he would have been disappointed. But yeah, Robo's been he's been good for he's been good for us, he's been good for England and I think the injury probably came at the wrong time with him and uh, yeah. so I do I do feel a bit for him but yeah. But look Haskell was outstanding last year out in Australia, so you know Gats kinda knows him from his uh, Wasps days and 
and that Gat has picked people up for on, you know, the personality and you know someone who brings a lot to the tour. You know, by all accounts, he's a good guy. He's irritating, yeah. so and so, but uh, he, you know, he's a good fellow as well. So, you know, these you need these type of personalities to go on the tour. Who else would you have taken? Or is that a curiosity? What, what do you think, uh, Graham? What did you think of Haskell coming in? Would you agree, disagree, or? Well, I was surprised initially. Um, on the other hand, there's quite a few of the, the back row complaint number eight. I mean, we, a guy who hasn't been mentioned so far is Moriarty. I mean, he's uh, he's played well at number eight for, for Wales during the season, during Falato's absence. Uh, I mean, I suppose Gatlin must have thought, well, we, we've got cover there at number eight. Um, where, where else do we need the cover? And uh, I, I suppose Haskell has got a lot of experience as well. You know, he can bring to the side and, and uh, you know, he was playing well last year before he had his injury. What he has got, he's got that one-off power as well. He's got that one-off carry. He's got a big hit in him. You know, someone like again, someone like Chris is a bit more. You know, he'll make twenty tackles. He'll carry the ball twenty times. But Haskell will make this. He can change a game, looking to come off the bench. And so, you know, the Lions bench is going to be ridiculous. Whatever happens. So, if someone like him could come off the bench in the sixtieth minute and make this sort of impact, then you know, maybe that's what he's looked at as well. Andy. Yeah, I was surprised he really, uh, went for them. I thought they'd go for a specialist number eight, like Heaslip or something, but Heaslip has been injured. I think he's had an operation, so I don't know if he's actually uh, available. And, uh, yeah, Moriarty had a good Six Nations, I thought, and uh, number eight. And he's a guy, you know, he could be a dark horse on the tour to make the, uh, to make the, make the test team. So I think they might be all right or, or okay on, uh, on, on, on that front. And uh, the other big thing with Askell is I think he is a really good... Uh, tourist and I'm sure the boys will have a laugh at him over there you know when he uh, shows them his painted nails <laughs> so, beat, beat that then uh, Simon that's uh, in, insight that you can't buy that I've given up trying to beat Andy a long time ago um, I think with Haskell Adam touched on there that he you know he started off with Wasps in the Gatland era there knows him well I, I saw a quote from Haskell where I think he, his response to Gatland was yes just tell me what you want to do he's a kind of Somebody knows well. He's a trusted lieutenant, and he, you know, he, he has played a, a key role under Eddie Jones. And I guess he covers six and seven, so he gives them options there. But I think what it does, mean, this, the, the, what it does mean, is absolutely what we said so far. Stander is now going to be very much an eight, and he plays a lot of his rugby there for Munster. He's a fantastic ball carrier, always tops the ball carrying and tackling counts for them. He's someone who you could certainly see as a real character on the pitch for the Lions this this, this series, and. Um, I think Haskell would probably you'd see more of a midweek role, but as a good tourist in that kind of role, really. Okay. There is one other thing with Haskell. Of course, he has played international rugby at number eight, so we can't entirely rule him out of playing eight. To the back here, this young lady. Hi, yeah. So um, one of the key players for the All Blacks would be Bowden Barrett, and his kicking game is obviously like second to none. So how do you think the Lions need to kind of take out? Bowden Barrett and what tactics do they need to specifically employ to kind of shut that down and then ultimately try and get the win out of the All Blacks? I agree with this, the sort of out of hand kicking games class. You know, I think um, goal kicking he's probably not where he needs to be, but his attacking kicking, his dinks, his little chips through are excellent. Sorry, move around a bit. Sure. Can't stop moving. No, um, no, so look, I think first that's what he's good at, and you know, see when the crossfield kicks or the little chips and. And they're dangerous there. They, you know, they sort of um, they got such good attacking plays and such a good, uh, um, lot of skill around that area. Very much like an Australian rugby league, uh, like a seven or a six, is you know the, the outside of the boot type of thing. And uh, so, look, how you come to it, I don't know. You just, I think, as as the boy said earlier about uh, how they targeted Sexton, we got to get, you know, we got to make him tackle. We got to make him work as hard as he can, and you know, hope he got injured.
Adam, does that have a, a big impact then in terms of the back three he might choose with people who are perhaps more adept and under the cross into the high ball? And, and if so, certainly from your experience in the Aviva, the likes of Elliot Daly, people like that, who was particularly good in that area? Yeah, I think I think you look at any of the sort of... I think Watson's played a bit of fullback, Noel's played fullback, but then you look at any... I think Hogs, you're more attacking. But then someone like Liam, again, who's, uh, you know, look, played, can play in the wing, cover both. So it's all about rotating. It's like a sort of um, pendulum in the back three. They're all moving around, so you're going to have to, um, you know... And I don't know whether they can defend with nine in the line or nine sweeping. So, you know, maybe they'll have to with this uh, attack. But, look, look I, think, I think we're pretty... Skill-wise, and sort of the skill set that our back three have got is, uh, you know, is enough to sort of cope with it, I think, personally, at the moment. First test... I may be totally wrong, but you know. And uh, Andy, um, how to nullify Bowden Barrett, which was um, the original question. Just take us, take us back to that. Yeah, just smash him. No, I would run it. Uh, Bowden Barrett is a fantastic rugby player, but there's a few uh, weaknesses in his uh, game. Uh, if you watch Super Rugby, he's not the world's greatest tackler. Can be quite uh, frail in defence, and a lot of teams do attack the uh, uh, the Barrett channel. And uh, goal kicking wise, he's not in the, he's not in the league of the Lions. Uh, goal kickers, his percentage success rate isn't that great, so in one uh, respect, even though he's a, a superstar, when they're on the front foot and everything's going great, and he can turn a game with his pace, score individual try, if the Lions can do a number on him up front, he could actually become a, a, a player the All Blacks might have to hide in defence by sticking him out on a wing, or hiding him somewhere else, because he certainly can be uh, uh, got at but, you know, for the Lions to shut down this series, Barrett, I guess, has got to have a, 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 a quiet series. I know Gatlin, that's why the other reason I would expect Henshaw to be playing at 12, to run straight at Barrett. Your, your take on uh, Bowden Barrett, Graham? Oh, well, he, obviously he's a fantastic player and he's uh, the guy who makes uh, the All Blacks tick, although they do have a lot of other good players as well. But, um, no, I think uh, Gatlin's... Uh, philosophy is to keep the ball and, and don't let them have it, you know, just keep the pressure on them and, uh, but, but even still, you know, I've played against the All Blacks, God knows how many times and no matter where we, uh, we've got them, we get them on the rack but they always find some way of pulling out the bag, you know, for fair means or foul and, uh, and, and you look at the, uh, the incidents that have happened uh, in the fourth test in, um, in 1977, we needed to win that to, to draw the series and um, just a simple thing like a miskick to touch and uh, they put pressure on us and, and scored the, a winning try after being against it uh, for most of the match um, I mean there was a, the, the game at uh, Cardiff where uh, they dived out of the line out you yeah. know, not, not the Lions but for Wales and um, they, they'll always find a way of winning they always take their chances whereas uh, in the past the Lions have always laboured, they've made the opportunities but they haven't uh, made the most of them and uh, we've got to nail every opportunity we get and uh, and, and not give them a, a sniff of a chance okay john back to you yep let's uh, let's go to helen mills from cardiff uh, maybe adam's best off first off but maybe andy and simon might have a bit of insight into this one is alan win jones as grumpy in real life as he appears to be from the outside <laughs> <laughs> With, the, with these guys, he would be, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because uh, he, he's always been like the same. He's uh, very, uh, it's a bit like Charve, Colin Charvis, who's both Swansea boys, well, ish. But um, no, he's, he's, good, he's good as well, but he's, um, I spoke to him yesterday, he's, uh, you know, living life, enjoying. He's, um, he's definitely mellowed since he's had a little one. Which is, so he's, 
But no, he's just, um, you know, he's very intense and that's where he gets himself at that level, you know, and, um, you know, when you, it does get annoying, you know, when you've got people like him next to you uh, trying to get some, um, <laughs> some story out so you can write some nonsense on the paper. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, after, after four or five years, he gets a bit uh, great to do a bit, doesn't he? Especially with, but, um, no, he's, you know, so, you know, he plays everything with pretty straight back or bat and, he, you know, he can be a bit, a bit uh, Snappy and a bit, and you know, angry in uh, the set in the media, but no, he's actually he's actually really nice. How do you find him, man? Grumpy, <laughs> hard work, awkward. Depends what mood he's in, really. Yeah, I think he has mellowed a bit since he had a nipper, but uh, you know, I actually think he uses it with the media a bit to build himself up for games as well. Uh, you know, um, yeah, does it say a lot? Ask maybe? yourself who asks him the questions half the time, or. And, you know, Simon he, Thomas. He annoys, you know, he can know the best of you, can't he? <laughs> so, Simon, what do you, uh, what's your take on this uh, rather thorny issue? <laughs> I don't think Alan wins up as fools very gladly, so if you ask him what he sees as a foolish question, he'll, he'll let you know. And I, I think sometimes he likes the sparring, particularly with Andy, and uh, there's a bit of a height difference there, so uh, it adds to the picture. I, the speakers I find, you know, I, I quite enjoy, I've always quite enjoyed interviewing him. He's let me know if I've asked something stupid, which is probably the best thing for anybody to do, really, isn't it? I, I can remember on uh, one occasion with Alan, he was uh, having a little bit of uh, sparring with me at the Ospreys, and I said, oh, there you go again, jo you're jousting with me again, whatever. Next time I saw him a couple of weeks later, he looked up what jousting meant in the dictionary, and he said to me, he said, jousting is two people on horseback, not two people like you and I stood up. So, you know, so he was... <laughs> <laughs> now, you, if you ever met Alwyn's dad, yeah, oh, oh, Tim, yeah. Tim's passed away now, but you'll understand why Al is like he is. Exactly, exactly the yeah, same. I, Literally the most argumentative man you ever like meet in your life. Yeah, yeah I, I remember doing uh, Ruddergate because uh, Tim was Mike Ruddock's sort of agent solicitor, if you like. So we're doing a lot of dealings with uh, Tim. And even though I guess I was on uh, Ruddock's side in it, he'd ring up Tim and he'd, for about two minutes, he'd give you a massive earful, big blast and all, and then he'd be nice as pie afterwards. So there's a bit of that about it as well. I think if you were in the trenches, the bloke you'd want alongside you is, um, is Alan Wynne Jones. I think Alan's a law graduate as well, so I think sometimes he, he brings that kind of uh, barrister's kind of view of things, but I go absolutely what um, Andy said. He's, he's an absolute warrior, and I think it's, if he can get himself fully fit for this Lions tour after the injury he's had recently, it would be fantastic because he's the kind of bloke I would imagine you would always want in your team rather than against you. Yeah, the other thing with him is, as well, is, uh, I think he's a perfectionist. I remember a press conference that, uh, after the Ospreys got hammered by Exeter Chiefs a few years ago in the Ionic and... Uh, Cup at the press afterwards. It was Alan and uh, Steve Tandy. The questions have been asked to uh, Steve Tandy and uh, all the uh, reporters. There's about 12 reporters. The tape recorders were uh, on top of the uh, table there. And while Alan was waiting to be asked the question, he arranged them all in perfect, all, perfect order, six in each row. Perfect, and he was measuring up and all. Yeah. Uh, is, Obsessive. Is, is, is there a punchline then? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, OCD. Uh, I, I think we better get to another question, uh, John. Yeah, all right, I'm going to head over here to the uh, corner. I'll duck down and uh, pass it to one of these guys. Yeah, I was uh, disappointed to see Young's uh, withdraw from the, the tour. I was looking forward to the competition there. So who's, who's going to start the scrum off in the first test? Ad. Um, I think the, I think Maru start. I think um, again the beauty with this Lions squad you've got. I think Maru and Webber ahead of Laidlaw. I can see Laidlaw kind of being the midweek captain type of guy. 
but then you need people to come on who can counteract Aaron Smith and Perinara, who are both you know, ridiculous rugby players. They're both, you know, probably the two best scrum halves in the world. And um, you know, I think we're lucky with that we have got Webby and Conor Murray, but I think someone like Conor Murray with his kicking game, not that Webby's got a bad kicking game, but you know, the way you can control it, I think for the first 50, 60 minutes at least, you know, he offers that sort of solidness about his game. But then Webby, you know, he's so good around the fringes. When the packs are tiring, yeah, there's a good chance for him to come on and uh, you know, make that big sort of impact. What do you think, Graham? Uh, who's in line for the, uh, the tests, number nine? Uh, well, I, I'd give it to Conor Murray. Uh, I think uh, Webb is, is playing great, as I said, going around the fringes. But uh, I think uh, Conor would uh, fit into the pattern uh, uh, that Gatlin wants uh, a bit more. Uh, but uh, we've also got Webb to come on in the second half on, off the bench when uh, things start to break up a bit. And uh, I think there, there'll be a good contest between the two of them anyway for the, for the position. But I think that's the way it will be, Connor to start and uh, Webb to come on in the later stages. What do you think, chaps? S- Simon? Oh. Yeah, it's a shame we didn't see the kind of uh, head-to-head last weekend when Osprey played Munster. Unfortunately, Webb had a pull out of that because of a bit of a groin spasm. I think yeah, Murray would be you know, the front runner. If you look at the Gatland era, Mike Phillips was an absolute key man for a number of years. And Murray has, has got you know, similar attributes in terms of his, his size. And he had an outstanding first six months of this season, a couple of injuries in the second half. But then Webb has, you know, if you look at the Wales in the Six Nations, I thought, I thought Reese Webb was probably the attacking catalyst for Wales in that tournament. So it's a great battle, but I would imagine at the moment Murray slightly ahead. But, you know, it's a great choice to have, isn't it? Um, Adam, can I just ask, you... Um you would have played with uh, Reese Webb at the Ospreys. You know, are you surprised at how good he's become? Uh, a little bit, yeah. I think um, he was obviously very talented. He's obviously, you know, um, he's uh, he seems more confident than I remember him because I guess I, I haven't been there for three or four years now, so I used to look quite young then. But uh, he's a lot more confident than you see in the way he plays. You know, he's he's very much a Bridgen boy with the tan and the abs and the you know the um, the gel but you know he's um, he's but no the way he's come on is it's fantastic and you know he's uh, he's you know he's one of the top sort of five scrum halves looking in the world now and i probably he was all, he always um, you know always did the show and go you know which he's so good yeah, at yeah. but i think he overdid it but now he's now he picks his moments but, but and as yeah he's also got an extra kicking him as well but uh, yeah so I, i'm probably a wee bit surprised but I'm, you know chuff him cuz he's a, he's a good kid to be fair Okay, look, let's get, try and get as many questions as possible from, from the floor. Uh, d- do, uh, do ask one, um, if you can, before we wrap up here. Yeah, 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 plenty of, plenty of time, Dale, plenty of time, don't panic. Um, I'll take, take one from here and then we'll, uh, we'll have a couple more from the audience. Uh, from Gary in Aberystwyth uh, to the panel. Uh, Rob Howley has come under constant criticism over the last couple of years. Do you think he's the right man to be the next Wales coach? If not, why not? And who would you have instead? Oof. Well, I mean, Ad, you're the obvious place to start here. I guess, I think it all depends what happens with Gat. You know, he's just, I think he's contracted till 19, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I think I think the way it's looking now, the Wasps are obviously doing very well, so, um, you know, Dai must be in the picture somewhere if something does happen. I, you know, I'd probably go with someone like Dai. I think Rob, oh, he's been there for 10 years now, and... Uh, you know he's done what he's done, and um, but no, I think Dai's probably the uh, you know maybe get Stephen Jones in as well. You know a few different fresh faces in uh, me as scrum coach and uh, <laughs> uh, Andy. What do you uh, what do you think? You've um, never been uh, 
shy of uh, giving your opinion on Rob Howley? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he should ever be Wales coach on a permanent basis. I think he's okay as a number two. I think you, uh, I think he's more of a follower than a leader. And I think you, uh, Wales should uh, recruit the best person for the job, irrespective of their uh, uh, nationality. It's going to be interesting to see how um, Dave Rennie goes, another New Zealander up at Glasgow Warriors. Let's see what he can do with them. I think he's really uh, a good young coach, maybe someone they'd want to look at in the future. Uh, Welsh candidates, um, I guess Dai, Dai Young is probably the standout at the moment, what he's done with, uh, with the Wasps. Um, you know, let's face facts, with the Welsh guys in uh, Wales itself, Steve Tandy, Ospreys haven't won anything since, uh, since 2012. Uh, Stephen Jones, another up-and-coming uh, Wales coach. You know, it's a shame he's not going on his tour as uh, Bax's guru because I think he's got so much to offer. And I think he, the next Wales uh, set-up after Gatlin leaves, Stephen probably be in there somewhere with the, uh, uh, with the Bax. Uh, but, you know, I'm a great believer, best person, does the job, doesn't matter where they're from. What do you think about, uh, about Howley's uh, credentials, uh, Graham? Yeah, well, he's, he's had his chance um, and uh, he's had so much stick during the last season and the one thing that's bothered me about him was uh, he had the opportunity to blood new players this year. I mean, as I've said before, the, 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 there's a four-year cycle to the game now culminating with the, um, the World Cup and uh, the starting process for rebuilding and evolving uh, starts at the end of the, the previous World Cup. So uh, we just didn't do it. We just seemed to stick with the same old thing, same old thing. And uh, uh, we had the opportunity. I thought he was going to uh, blood some new lads at the start of the, the the Six Nations when he picked all those uncut players in the squad. But then he didn't use one of them. And I thought, well, what was the point in that? You know, he seemed to miss a chance, miss a, an opportunity. And uh, I think he, he, based on, on that and, and the fact that he hasn't really... Uh, um, he didn't do really well as a coach this year. We came, was it almost number fifth? Well, we came fifth in the, in the championship. Um, I think uh, he's had his opportunity and he should move on. I think uh, Dai Young is the guy who um, is in prime position at the moment. He's the guy who uh, I think should take the wheels on next after Gatlin. Do you know what I think? We missed a trick, I think, with Jonathan Humphries. I'll tell you, he's an unbelievable forward coach. He's made that Scotland pack. You know, look like a million dollars at times. They're not big. They've got a few tall boys, but this, when Nell's they got a good scrum. When Nell's playing, you know, they hammered Australia last year when you know everyone else was struggling against some of the scrums in the World Cup. And I think we, he's gone to Glasgow now, working under Dave Rennie. And I think we've missed a trick not having him involved in the setup from about two or three years ago. I think Scotland were lucky to get him, and uh, people people don't realise how, you know, obviously he coached me with the Ospreys for years, and we you know we had a good pack. He's by far the, he's the best forward course I worked with, and. I think, uh, we, I think we missed a trick with him. Really interesting. Simon, did we miss a trick with Humphreys? And um, should Howley be the next Wales coach? Yeah, there was a lot of time for John as a player, uh, as a person. And, you know, if Adam tells you he's the best forwards coach he's worked with, you don't really need to see any more, do you? In terms of Howley, I remember being in the press room at Murrayfield during this Six Nations. When he came in and sat down, I thought there was the demeanour of a man who knew his, his, his chance of coaching Wales after Gatlin goes has gone. Uh, I think Wales are looking, WRU will be looking at uh, options already for 2019. I certainly think Di Young has put himself in a really strong position with the work he's done at Wasps. They finished top of the Viva Premiership this year in the final this weekend. 
and Stephen Jones has um, really come and made a big impact at Scarlet with the way their backs are playing. They work together at Wasps, so that would obviously be a partnership that would make sense. The other name I would throw in there, just interesting to see where he is and what he's doing in 2019, is Vern Cotter, who's obviously finishing with Scotland. Now he's going out to France. But the job he's done along with Humphreys you know, um, at Scotland has been outstanding, the way he's brought them through. You know, a lot of things can happen in a few years' time. When Wales are looking for Gatlin's replacement, it'd be interesting to see where Vern Cotter's ambitions lie because he's certainly someone with international credentials. Hey, Costa, are they going yeah. to... Uh, Wales is going to pay him 1.2 million euros uh, to, to go to Wales, I don't think so. Of course, uh one thing we must bear in mind here is Wales could have got rid of Howley and McBride last summer when their con contracts were up. wouldn't have cost them anything. And personally, uh, as I wrote at the time, I thought they should have changed uh, uh, coaches then, uh, the backroom staff, because they think they need some fresh rices on the training paddock and in the uh, changing room. Um, so, um, you, know, you know, they'll be stuck with them now till the uh, World Cup, I guess, because it would cost too much to pay them off. Okay, uh, on that note, John, let's take another one from... Uh, yep, I'll from just go uh, behind me to this young man here. Yeah, I'm, um, considering Wales' performance in the Six Nations, do you think a lot of the Welsh players can consider themselves lucky to be going on the Lions Tour? And do you think Gatland already was going to pick certain players regardless of performance? I just, I think, man for man, you look at maybe Scotland, you know, they obviously finished ahead of us, they beat us. But I think man for man, we've got better players. They actually, when's a team, you know, as as we've already alluded to, Cotter and uh, Humphreys and O'Halloran have obviously got Scotland playing really well as a team, but I look at that, I think, is there anyone that I'd want in my team over the Welsh boys? You know, maybe there's a few Irish boys, a few English boys who might count themselves unlucky, but I think, I think, we're, all, I think we're always looking to go about 12, or was it 11, 12 players, I think, and just because he knows them, Gats knows them, and uh, I, just, I think you know, they, are, they are quality players, regardless how we were showed in the Six Nations. What do you think, Graham? Yeah, well, the other thing uh, you, to consider is uh, the style of play that Gatlin is likely to play, this, uh, the Warren ball. Uh, and the reason he's picked so many Welsh players is because they're fully familiar with the, uh, the, the type of game and, uh, and the tactics. And, it's, you know, with, with a short tour like this and with a uh, disrupted leading uh, process, you know, with player unavailability for the trading sessions... I think that would be probably be uh, one of the easiest things for him, get, get the Welsh guys in who, knows, uh, who know fully uh, how he wants to play the game. Uh, I, I know, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're going to play that way. I think you obviously want to go over the game line, but I'm, I don't think you can go down there and play them around the corner, around the corner. You, I think they're going to go either play like New Zealand, the two, the four and the two, or they're going to go one, three, three, one, which is the, you know, the front, sorry, um, Dane Cole, sorry, for example, on the wing with uh, Kevin Reid in the wing. And you'll have three, two pods and three in the middle. I think, I think that's how we'll go. I can't see us going there on the corner, on the corner. There's time and place for that. There's always a time and place for that. But I think we're going to have to play a bit more expansively, bit, put it for those phases, and whether you go for the 2-4-2 two, two sort of system. I know it's a bit like football now, but, you know, <laughs> but that's, how the, that's the way the game's going. Dale, I think the point Adam makes there is a really good one, because if you look at New Zealand, I, I don't know the exact figure, but they must average per test 28, 30 points. They score over 25 points in most matches they play. So to beat them, you're going to have to score more than that. And if you look at what Ireland did in Chicago, I think they, they got 40 points on the board. Very rare against the All Blacks, but that's what it takes. Now, you're not going to do that just with Lee Halfpenny or Owen Farrell kicking penalties. It's going to have to be something more. And that is the greatest challenge for, for the Lions and the Gatlin going on this trip, is to bring a real attacking game. That can challenge the All Blacks. It is easier said than done. 
but he's probably right. Just bashing away probably isn't going to be enough against a side that scores as many tries as they do. Okay, John. Yeah, good one to hear from uh, Scott Roberts in uh, Milford Haven. Uh, to Adam and Graham, maybe Simon and Andy, you never know. Uh, to, to both of you, what is the most inspirational team talk a captain has ever given to you in a dressing room, and what did they say? Do you want to start with that one, Graham? Uh, well, I don't want to say about the captain, but uh, certainly my coach at, uh, at Pontypool, Ray Prosser, he had a, a turn of phrase which was quite influential, you know, he certainly uh, uh, let you know where, where he was and what he wanted and, and uh, he let you know when he didn't get it as well, so uh, I mean, th these are all memories I've got, um, thinking about the, uh, the, the captain's speech probably, um, it was Phil Bennett before we played against England uh, in, um, I can't remember, 78, I think perhaps it was. Um, and I can't use his language because... No, uh, no, 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 please, please uh, don't. But uh, he basically said that um, there's been... Just think about that 800 years of English oppression. And uh, they, they've come over here and, and they've... Uh, They've raped our mothers and daughters and, and um, so on and so on. And, uh, you know, by the time we left the field, we had steam coming out of it. As Ray Gravel was headbutting the door and, and uh, it worked. There we are, Ad. They've been uh, mulling this one over, I can see. No, oh, no I was just, <laughs> it's a bit different these days, I think. Um, you know, everyone's kind of, you know, you've got, you've got the build-up, you know. You've built it up all week yourself. It's not, it's not, it's not something you have to sort of uh, get revved up for. I did Lynn Jones once, yeah, I think before Alex Ferguson kicked the stuff at David Beckham, but um, the bottles and split his eye, he, he did, he said how, I think it was against Ulster in St. Helens, and he basically said how the F of you managed to get a Welsh cap, because you're effing rubbish. And to me in the half time, and I went out and didn't play much better, but it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I still, still picked the signature though. So that, that inspired me a bit. Uh, Andy, what's the most inspirational uh, motivational talk you've had when you've arrived at the office at nine o'clock in the morning certainly no. not from you Adele, because you're generally not there that time <laughs> john uh have we got any, any more uh, yeah i'll do another quick one off here and then we'll maybe have another uh, a final one from the the crowd uh what's the strangest thing that's ever happened to you on tour either with the lions or whales says simon davis in cardiff Not an easy one to answer off the top of your head, but uh, I, I, was I was thinking of a cinema in Argentina with uh, Gareth Llewellyn and uh, Darren Morris, and you're expecting to go to see a film. So I went with JT and uh, Hugh Bennett, and it turns out it wasn't a cinema cinema; it was a, a different type of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, well, I just sat down ready for the film, and you could see a man behind us enjoying himself <laughs> and uh, making uh, certain noises, and. Um, yeah, so now we, like, the three young ones uh, scarpered out in the other, the other two just had a, sat there the rest of the film, I think. Well, <laughs> Graham? Uh, we, uh, we had a similar experience. Uh, we used to go down uh, Queen Street to um, one of the cinemas, the Capital Centre, or, um, or I, I can't remember, the, uh, the Queen's, I think it was. Um, and uh, all of us used to go together. We, we'd all be sitting all in a row, and Jerry Lewis used to come along with the... Uh, the ice creams and the ice lollies and, and that, you know, and this used to go on for match after match after match. And uh, normally we saw some pretty good films, but uh, on this on this one occasion, 
we, uh, we had to go and see a film that nobody really wanted to watch. So somebody said, oh, they got some great uh, films down uh, in the Prince of Wales. It was before it was a, a Witherspoon. So the whole of the team, uh, we went down there. What's this, uh, this um, the blue movies down there? <laughs> and the following day, we had a bollocking off Keith Rowlands, the, the chairman, for, for not sticking together. And there were only two of them in the Capitol Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there we are. John, have we got, have we got a last one? Yeah, yeah, that took an unexpected turn, didn't it? Um, yeah, we'll go to this man in the front to, uh, <laughs> to finish us off, so to speak. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to be introduced that way. <laughs> um, carrying on the theme, what is your single best memory on the field? Um, Lions, club, country, whatever. And... To you guys, um, what's the best story or the best thing you've seen from, from tours, the funniest experiences? Do you want to start with um, over, over there, Simon? It wasn't very funny, but I do remember out in uh, 2007 in the World Cup, and he's already re knows what I'm going to talk about here. We were playing touch rugby on the beach in La Ball. And uh, it, 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 yeah, yeah, it was quite amusing. And uh, I remember just uh, taking the ball and then being shoulder charged in, into the water by Andy Howell, which is fair enough, except he was on the same team as me. So <laughs> he's an interesting person to go on tour with, Andy. Yeah, that was, that was actually a worrying moment because as he was uh, somersaulting for the air, I was thinking, oh no, if he's done a dislocated shoulders, and now I'm going to have double the workload. <laughs> Ad? Somersaulting. <laughs> really? I hit him out. Okay. I caught him off guard. What, what, um, what best moment on the field? Uh, I think probably just winning the Lions in last in 2013. I think uh, we, when we were doing Glen the same year out there, so that was obviously good as well. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. I've had some great moments with Wales, the Grand Slams, and uh, Championship, and uh, yeah. So probably winning the Lions was uh, the pinnacle. I should, I should imagine. It's been downhill since then, but. Uh, <laughs> Graham, plenty to choose from? Well, I don't know about on the field, but uh, the best rugby stories happened uh, on rugby tours, and, and this is particularly the case where my, where my two colleagues from the Ponypool front row are concerned, Bobby Windsor and Charlie Faulkner, and uh, I remember being, every time I was invited to go on a Lions tour, one of my smart Alec friends would say, uh, uh, I see you've been picked to go on one of your rugby playing holidays again, and I don't think it's much of a holiday being kicked from one side of New Zealand for, for three and a half months. I mean, you don't realise how much stress goes into these, uh, these Lions tours, and you only need to talk to Windsor, he'll tell you what, what stress was involved. Within, within a week of us arriving in New Zealand in 1977, his hair turned grey, and he reckoned it was all because of the stress of going on the tour. And, you know, I think he may have got away with it, if it wasn't for the fact that his hair turned pink in the process. <laughs> and, and it was always my, my habit to get up quite early for breakfast, and I just finished breakfast, and I, I just left the dining room, and I was walking across the foyer back in the direction of my room, and uh, I saw Bobby coming in the opposite direction, and I said, good morning, Bob, and he looked up, and I said, Bobby, what the hell have you done to your hair? It's turned pink. And Bobby said, well, I've got to come clean. He said, I've had a grey streak in my fringe for years but I've always managed to disguise it by dyeing it to my national hair colour. And uh, when I came away, I packed in a bit of a hurry, and I, I, I packed my, my wife's hair dye by mistake. 
and this is what's happened. It's turned my fringe pink. He said, uh, I'm just going out to the hairdressers to see if they'll repair the damage before any of the lads find out. He said, you will promise me faithfully you won't tell anybody. And I said, no, Bobby, a secret safe with me. And then by 10 o'clock, I made sure that everybody in the hotel knew. <laughs> I mean, it's too good a story not to share, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, my, my, my other colleague, uh, Bobby, uh, Charlie Fortner, he, he didn't start the tour with us, but he came out for the last three weeks and um, as, a, as a replacement for an injured player. And in the first team meeting that he attended, uh, he could see all the players filing into the room and, and he had a, a very puzzled look on his face. I said, what, I said, what seems to be the matter, Charlie? And Charlie said, uh, he, he reminded me about a conversation we'd had earlier in the season when he wanted to know what we had to do about uh, getting selected to go on the, on the Lions tour. And he said, you know you told me that to go get selected to go on the British Lions tours depended how well we played in the Five Nations tournament. I said, yeah. He said, well, why aren't there any French players here? <laughs> uh, there we are. Right, on that note, um, I think we're running out of time. Um, I think we have run out of time, in fact. But, um, look, thanks ever so much for coming. We've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. Uh, we've done, uh, this is the third time we've done uh, a special uh, Wales Online uh, rugby question and answer evening. Um, there'll be more coming up at, at, um, at the best moments in the calendar. So, Whatever you do, make, make sure you join us for those. And, um, and thanks, and, and, and have a good rest of the night. Thank you. So there it is. I told you it was a good one. There's not too much more from me now, uh, only to tell you that the Lions Tour is upon us. As I've already mentioned, our man Simon Thomas is in New Zealand now. He's ready and poised, waiting for the first game, and then it's uh, full steam ahead throughout the tour. There's not much time in between the matches. There's always team announcement, lots of media activities, um, so there's going to be plenty going on. We're going to be bringing you podcasts on a regular basis now throughout the tour. There's going to be lots to talk about. And there's finally, we've got some action to talk about as well. All the sort of predictions and all that sort of thing can stop now. And we've actually got some action to talk about. Uh, so the build-up is almost done for the first game. And you can follow that first game against the New Zealand Provincial Barbarians and all the fallout from it on Wales Online.